Um, right. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of. Uh, damn it. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Human Source Codex with Benji and Kelly. That's it. Bang on. So today, Kelly and I want to discuss uh, a topic that we we're just kind of actually talking about before jumping on here, and that is around losing ourselves or losing yourself in intimate relationships. So this has happened within uh, one of my, well, it's actually happened in a lot of my relationships when I was younger and in my marriage. And then um, Kelly certainly had this experience in the form of through her clients as well. So, and my relationships too. I think everybody has, has the opportunity to have the experience of losing themselves or negating themselves or disempowering totally. themselves in a relationship. Totally. And if we look at, uh, so that's, that's what kind of we want to dig into today. And the reason is, is because it's a bit like there's different, there's different like um, grades to it, you could say. Like if you have extremely lost yourself, um, and we call it, you know, subordinated to your partner, then this is really going to show up in the, in the highest form, in the form of disease, right? Which we'll talk to soon, but it just affects all areas of life from stepping into your own power of looking after your health to financial, to social, all areas, right? So where do you want to kind of um, start, Kelly, with, how, how you've seen this show up either in your life or your clients' lives and how it's affected certain outcomes. Sure, Benji. Um, it's, actually, it's actually a really challenging subject to, to talk about in, in many aspects because um, A, I've experienced it myself, and, and, but I, what I'm noticing with with my friends and my clients is this this kind of relationship that keeps showing up you know this pattern and i and i and i sort of sit in contemplation and think about you know why this is continuing to occur we could we could say throughout time because of patriarchal you know behaviors or tritology that's associated to patriarchy is is um is still having an effect epigenetically on, on women throughout time. But we just, I'm not only seeing it with women, I'm seeing it also now with men as well. Um, that really the, the essence of losing themselves like that, they're having this diminishing self-worth behaviour in relationships. And, you know, the, the traditional thing that's being bandied around at the moment is this narcissistic kind of uh, behavior within relationships where one of the partners actually wants to have complete control over the other and so the other partner becomes so altruistic within themselves or within the behavior which creates the loss of, of worth and so then disempowerment comes from that so we, you can see that there's this polarity that's occurring at the extremes of overpowerment and disempowerment and um, we see these dynamics actually, actually occurring. And, uh, you know, it's in, in honesty, it's quite saddening for me because a few of my clients have actually talked about the only way out of it is to actually commit suicide or to, to actually, you know, take their life because they don't see any future beyond where they are. Mm. Um, and, 
you know, I have actually have had a couple of friends actually like take their own lives because of this particular perplexing behavior that mm. is actually occurring. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, as you're kind of explaining there, it, it amazes me. Um, you know, you quite often hear within the self-development world of like, you know, we're not human doings, we're human beings, you know, and this kind of, you know, and, and people kind of get it, I think, at a higher level, like, yeah, you know, I've, I, I need to be more and be present. But we find, I think we can quite often find such liberation by becoming numb to what's really going on. So we do get stuck in the doing, like, oh, I'm always on this treadmill of, you know, of achievement. And, you know, I've been here, there and, you know, parts of me are still there now. But the reason I say that is, you know, I sent you a... Um, a quote you know, I was, I was listening, that I came up with this morning while I was coming back from the gym. And it was, you know, if your self-love quotient isn't full, then yes, you'll seek to be liked by others in order to compensate. Now, what the realm I liked this was that, especially being in sales or relationships or in anything, if you cannot show up as your true self because you have love for yourself therefore you have higher self-worth you are going to want to be liked by others now because we cannot control other people's opinions of us or control their thoughts and their feelings we're always seeking this outside validation which can be extremely hard yeah right mm. yeah and and this is we see in relationships is that um a lot a lot of people get into them looking to actually feel full or to feel parts of themselves that they that they perceive that they can't do or be so they attach themselves to a partner to to actually you know give them that sense of safety as such and they think once I actually get into this relationship you know my life is going to be okay because they have this fantasy of safety that's associated with the way that that other person or their partner is in their in their behavior right mm -hmm. i know that early on in my life that it was something i distinctly remember actually you know like i, I was just just brought in memory is that when i was um shit i think i was 17 18 i i um i got interviewed by you know one of the local papers and one of the local tv stations because in my life back then i thought oh what can i do i yeah, I might just be a police officer, right? So I went through that process mm. of going in to be a police officer. And one of the one of the questions they asked me was, is um, you know, what why do you think it's a it's a um a good job to actually get into to become a police officer? Do you know what my answer was? You laugh. You you'll totally laugh. <laughs> is is that yeah, my yeah. answer was is like, oh well, you know, like if if I get married and I get divorced, and so I've got something I can fall back on that I could actually go back into, right? You know, so, oh, wow. so, so in, in that, like, so funny, you just birthed that memory of even way back then, you know, like I was looking for something to fill for my life with and whether it be like a, a job where in my mind that the police force gave me some sense of safety and then it was attaching to, well, I, you know, I'm going to find a husband, get married and then have kids. And then if that falls apart, at least I can go back to the safety of being a police officer. Mm. And that just unraveled in my mind, like 
now throughout time and knowing what I know, that's what was occurring back then. But I was so unconscious way back then that that was my belief mm. system mm. in doing that. So we're constantly looking for outside sources to actually fill us with what we perceive we are actually, um, uh, you know, like afraid of or what we're looking to actually give us a sense of security and safety. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we then subordinate to partners in perceiving that, well, they, they're going to support us. And we see, well, I see this quite a lot with, with the women that I work with is that they've given up the, who they are in their authenticity and their dreams. Mm. So they have relinquished their sense of value and their sense of purpose to become something other than what they really would love to be. Mm. Right. And we then see the elements of, well, it's a, it seems to be a society or social norm to, to get married, have kids. And then the wife stays home, looks after the kids and the husband goes to work. And, and um, we see this essence of that the husband then gives, you know, what's it called? Like a dowry or, you know, like a house, some money, like a budget, a yeah, budget yeah. for the wife to do, to look after the kids, etc. And that's when mm. she starts to get real, right. In terms of resentment and mm. such. We see mm. all these, these different problems actually occur, you know. And so it, then the husband or whoever may be the working partner seems to perceive that they have the sense of power because they're the one earning. So they are, they are outdoing being valued by outside sources, by being paid. So they actually then over... Then, overvalue themselves and then they have this Mm -hmm. resentment bringing home the money because they perceive that the other person is not working or worthy of Mm -hmm. receiving Mm -hmm. so we have this um bipolarity that starts to occur unless we have conscious beings that are able to communicate and able to conceptualize the essence of that both people are in a way actually being of value towards a common goal of a relationship or a family does Mm. that make sense yeah and just as as you're kind of explaining and you know some of the language or a couple of things um that you said i don't know maybe abstract for some people may may not but i wanted to bring up this point is that anyone listening to this that the point I'm trying to make is when life gets overwhelming, right? And, and because we're complex beings or we, we make things perhaps more complex than it needs to be, we go about life and all we're really doing is we're seeking out and searching for feelings so we can feel a certain way. And we often either, it's a, either learned behavior or wired within our brain. I'm not 100% sure, perhaps both is that we have this subject device to feeling good is better than feeling bad. But right, So what happens is we sit in the stimulus of chasing the high in whatever form it may be, whether it be in relationship and being hugged, whether it be being uh, getting an affirmation from our partner that you're doing well, whether it be food, whatever it happens to be. But what happens is, is when we're either chasing the chasing the stimulus of a high and avoiding the pain 
our life becomes very complex. And then when this overwhelm starts to happen, we start to do decision or brain offloading. Right, Kelly? And this is when we start to basically give away our power of taking ownership and accountability for our life. And I did this a lot growing up, um, especially relying on my parents financially on certain things and my partner. I would just brain offload and decision offload to everyone around me thinking like life will just work out. But the more it didn't work out the way I was wanting it was like, fuck, like, because there's, there's, a, there's a pain, there's both a pain and a pleasure on taking accountability for your life, right? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to kind of interject that. It was just that like for anyone listening, there is that feeling that sometimes comes up like, fuck, I get what you're saying, but like, where the fuck do I start? Yeah, yeah. I think the first place to start is just to, one, is to acknowledge what's happening and to really be present to, okay, I am subordinating to my partners uh, in values as such, right? And I am, is really to come into that awareness, okay, I've lost myself, right, in this relationship. I am no longer who I thought I was going to be or who I was, right? And really acknowledge that and come to, come to that place of um, listening to the feedback through the feeling that you're actually getting, which is we could say is depression or um, feeling devalued or um, being of, having no sense of purpose. And if you get to that stage and you're, like, you're at your lowest low and you don't have anywhere to actually to go and I want to talk to about it, please reach out and I can give you some tips on that. And maybe this uh, podcast may help as well. Uh, because there's no need to actually like really go spiraling all the way down into actually suicidal taking your life just based on subordinating to somebody else outside your own values. So that really then brings me to, if you feel like you've lost yourself in your relationship, stop, get present with it and really get clear in understanding who you would love to be in your axiology. Now, in part of our programs that we actually do in um, our Inception Masterclass, we really go deep diving into what we call authentic axiology, which really shows you the essence of who you are in, in your authentic self, not with everybody else's subordinations on top of you, including partners as such. And it brings you home. It brings you home to the true essence of who you are. And then from that point is honouring that within you and learning how to communicate that in the absence of fear. Now, if fear gets in the way, this is where we want to learn how to integrate by asking specific questions to bring our mind into a state of consciousness and to be able to see where we, we have set up a fantasy that has created a nightmare And then we want to be able to go and look at what is it that we perceive that we were going to, that we thought we were going to get. And now we're experiencing a particular nightmare, which is also bringing you back to to saying you're living off your path. You're living Mm -hmm. outside your values. And we have these beautiful questions to be able to help you navigate through these 
uh, you know, these specifically paradoxical times, as I love to call it. And, and all that really means is a challenge that you don't know how to actually work through. We have these beautiful questions that just opens up your mind into a state of freedom and liberation so that you can see a pathway going forward. Mm, mm. Yeah, and bang on as far as that's why, you know, when you hear like ask yourself quality questions, it's quite often think like, yeah, but how the fuck is it going to change my life? But it's not, it's more of the fact of how quality questions can, if you really sit with it, can take you on a bit of a different trajectory, right? And, uh, you know, Kelly and I are not going to be as naive to say, you know, it's a bit like if someone wants to lose weight, oh, we'll just, you know, drink some more water and stop eating shit food. Like there are, there's, there's many elements to weight loss or to health, right? So again, it's, it's not to be so overwhelmed to kind of go, fuck, like, you know, I'm so lost in my relationship or I'm so stuck in my relationship, whatever the dynamic is. We need to start with the some point and then obviously have that guidance that certainly helps, whether it be, you know, through our podcast or through books, whatever it happens to be. Um, a little bit of a tangent there. But what yeah. I, again, coming back to that, to the quote that I mentioned before, you know, about your self-worth and your, and your love quotient, you know, and you're going to seek being liked by others, that it's, it's so important to, like, you know, Kelly mentioned before, starting with your authentic axiology, which, which we do in our program, because if the foundation isn't set, like, you know, I'm such a, well, part of me is so analytical of, you know, I wrote a, a book called Building a Life of Clarity, and it's like, go back to the nth degree of like, where do you start? What's the inception point? And our belief is that it is in that authentic axiology because that's what you can build your life from. It gives you a bit of a, a guiding star and North Star, right? Yeah. And, 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 and without that, you, you know, Kelly mentioned before things like subordination. Well, this is obviously subordination show up on, um, Kelly calls it shooting all over yourself, you know, so whether it's your partner, your parents, whoever, you know, Oh, you know, you should be like this, you should do that. No, you shouldn't raise your kid like this. You should lose weight, whatever, right? And so when you're subordinating, so you're injecting their thoughts into you, being like, okay, I should be like this to be liked because your self-love quotient is low. You're trying to be just something you're not. Therefore, you're attracting the nightmare in the form of, you know, fear and procrastination, self-doubt, low self-worth, right? Which is trying to shake you up to go, look, look, you're off path, you're off, this is not who you are. That's, they're, they're only feedback mechanisms. And when you, can, when you can look at these uncomfortable feelings as feedback mechanisms and know how to interpret them and then know what actions to take, you've now taken more control of your life rather than just trying to escape a negative feeling and seeking out the, the, the high feeling of food, escapism, whatever it happens to be, right? So when Kelly mentioned before around, um, you know, with an intimate relationship, the, the searching, like if you're, if you're wanting to be liked by someone to seek validation, this, will, this quite often used to show up in my, in my marriage when it was like I would get home early, prepare a really, a really nice meal, do something romantic, and you don't get the response that you were seeking. And then you somehow get resentful, like, ah. Oh, how, how, how are you so ungrateful? You know, I've just done all this stuff for you. And, you know, but what I've basically done is I was searching for a feeling of support or a feeling of love 
which was actually infatuation, and I didn't get the response that I wanted. Whereas if it is done unconditionally, no conditions, then I could have just shown up with love and support and not sought out the, the feeling that I was after. This is the difference between loving conditionally and unconditionally. We are taught in society and it's learned behavior that if you act and talk like this in a certain way, I'll love you. If you challenge me, I'll hate you. Mm. That is a very mm. dense, unaware mind and place to come from. Very much so. Yeah. And it, it's, it's one that stems from a place of really low self-worth in the other person <laughs> to create those conditions within a relationship. So it's, it's actually driven by a high internal sense of fear. And um, so they want to have this massive control over the other person. And so really that becomes a mirroring component from each other when it gets to that extreme. And and it's very difficult for them for, for them people to actually you know, come back to a place of balance if they don't have that awareness about it. So um, in, in what we could, we're potentially working towards is like an unconditional relationship where we have, and that's one thing I love to do with, with um, the peeps that come, come to work with us is to create these conscious union relationships where there is an honouring of each person in their axiology. There's an honouring of each person as an individual. And they have an understanding that there's no two people on this planet that are exactly the same. Um, and there is this need for what we call authenticity. And there's this need for being unique, right? And when we honour those in those forms, that's where we can we have this unboundless love. We have this really unconditional source of a sustainable relationship that is interdependent, not mm -hmm. dependent or codependent on each other. The, the highest form of polarity is a codependent relationship where, where it becomes addictive in nature, where there is this narcissistic, altruistic behavior that's actually occurring. And um, that is a quite a dangerous place to actually be in for anybody to actually be in. And that mm -hmm. creates like feedback into those relationships is those that's living in an altruistic state that's in a codependent relationship will have symptoms of anxiety, depression, you know, like frustration, resentment, suicidal tendencies, right? And on the other side of that swinging thing, they're still happening in the narcissist, but they're actually, it's been suppressed in a lot of ways. And they have to have this control factor to actually keep that suppressed right because they're so fearful of having that come up but it's interesting because the other side is the mirror that actually brings that to them and then they really can't stand that other person but they can't live without them so mm. it's quite curious to what actually is happening and like looking at it from that perspective uh, it's fascinating uh it's creating this valency covalency thing in terms of chemistry yeah yeah but to be whole is such a such a liberating space to be in a relationship where you can be who the fuck you are and the other person loves you for it regardless right that yeah. is the objective that uh i love to be able to teach people to get to that space and you know well, let, let me let me i just want to quickly before <laughs> I, I i lose this for those listening, you know, so yes, Kelly and I wanted to leave this topic on, on intimate relationships, but I have to inject an experience. 
So Kelly and I have been, uh, you know, we've partnered and we, and we founded uh, the Human Source Codex, which we eventually want to build out to be essentially like a, a, a research institute slash who knows where you want to take it, but, you know, serving at a, at a greater level. And, um, and I was saying to Kelly the other day that we are, built, we are brought up in a society where we're typically over-supported and we're not challenged and not kept accountable out of this feeling of we prefer to be liked, right? And that's how it's shown up in a, in a society dynamic. Now, because Kelly has evolved herself over the years through not only becoming a talking head of knowledge, but as a work on herself in many different realms, she was quite happy and comfortable to keep me accountable and really slam me on some things that um, heavily triggered me, you know, when it, when it happened, I was almost kind of like, what the fuck, like, man, stuff this business relationship, I'm out of here kind of thing, like, don't talk to me like that, and for whatever reason, it, had, it took me like three or four hours to reflect on, oh, shit, like, I actually got really triggered in that, you know what I mean, because I at least have the conscious awareness of going now, like, if you get really emotionally triggered or challenged, that that's something that you haven't owned within yourself, right? And what I hadn't owned within myself is that I hate conflict and I don't, and I don't want to be like that to someone else because I want to be liked, right? And that's why I was so charged. And after I had gone through and found the benefits of, of Kelly slamming me like that and, and really sitting in that, I sent her a text back basically being like, thanks for being my, an, an acronym I, I like to use was cunt which was a catalyst of unconditional numbing transformation and just because it brought to my awareness of again like the 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 blessings of being challenged heavily by someone is allowing you to have the awareness on like where you're disowned where basically it's it's doing the work for you because you haven't had to try and search your unconscious to bring it conscious it happened through the form of a trigger right Mm-hmm. So again, this has shown up in the form of, at least in a business partnership or relationship, that Kelly and I can have a, a form of unconditional love for each other because we are, are growing in awareness. You know what I mean? And as Kelly has worked with many CEOs and companies, and she mentioned before we partnered, the, the number one or one of the biggest sources of, uh, of a business separating or, or losing its productivity is internal conflict between partners and employees, right? That's what you said? Very much so, yeah. And, and a relationship's no, no different in the form of, uh, of a partnership, right? It's just on an intimate level. And when I used to hear sayings from um, more esoteric or, or spiritual teachers of like, you need to love yourself before going to relationship, because I was lazy, I just totally negated that. I would jump from relationship to relationship seeking this love and seeking these highs. And it wasn't until I was really slammed by the universe in the form of a of a um, of a of a mar- of a of a divorce and a few other things, was I'm like, okay, I need to like, this is what I need to work on. So maybe it is your time for things to shift. Maybe you do need to get slammed more. But like, it's funny because as you're talking before, Kelly, my frustration in in, in helping grow our business was the frustration of like oh, we can help everyone and we can help everyone with everything. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like everyone's got a human fucking mind and everyone's, and, and 
we can serve humans, so who can we not help? But it really is for the, the person that seeks more, the individual that wants more, to be more, right? With a cliche that it is or not, I don't know. But it's someone that's ambitious to want more out of life that's not retreating and being like, how can I play a smaller life? Really, that are the characteristics of kind of who we serve. Because when you can start by having a higher grade of self-worth and meaning and purpose and direction in life, then all the areas of your life, we teach you to bring up at the same level. You know, your family life, your social influence and connections, your finances, your business and vocational work, whatever it happens to be, your physical vitality, right? What's the point in just bringing up one area? Why not have a, have a, have a life where they're all brought up? But we're not taught how to do this because when I mentioned before, it gets overwhelming. We don't know how to do it. Emotions come in. We start to brain offload. So we focus on one area of life. And then we also, when we start to brain offload, we start to actually want to actually go into hedonic behavior where we, we, we start to activate addictive behavior, right? Is in, in many ways, shapes or forms when, when that's happening. So if we find ourselves like going towards uh, pleasure, sex addictions, you know, like sugar, cigarettes, alcohol, all those particular things, it means that our brain is offloading and we're looking to actually numb that within ourselves, right? So um, that is a beautiful feedback to let you know that you are out of balance within one of these areas of life. Now, you know, what Benji just said is we bring this holistic approach into actually up-leveling a human being and that, what Benji was talking about, is what I teach called the eighth way. And it's my unique process that I've developed over time and my direct experiences of life. And being 50 years old, I think I have had enough life experience to pull all this shit together and, and uh, see things from a, from a super conscious level uh, and from a conscious level to, to be able to assist people to actually work through these challenges and the number one thing is imbalances between all areas of life. And so that's where the eighth way brings you back into a homeostatic state where you actually, what it does birth within your mind is a liberating sense of certainty. And it gives you this undeniable com confidence that you know who the fuck you are. You know where you're coming from and you, you know you've got a path. And yeah. you're on that path no matter what, right? And yeah, yeah it's, it's such a beautiful place to be. And um, I, I can say, you know, along getting to the stage of 50, I think, well, and I'm not saying that I haven't, I've still got things to learn. I certainly do. And I'm sure that universe will provide things for me to learn. But I have this sense of certainty and confidence that no matter what challenges actually do service, that's, with this understanding that, you know, I can just flow with the essence of the next part of my life. Mm. And I, and I want to, I want to just share, you know, a story that when I was, um, when I was younger, I was after, you know, the, the police story and I did end up getting married. Like I, I had, I've been married twice. Like my second husband passed away and my first husband, I chose to actually divorce. And in my first training marriage, I call it, is, you know, I chose this guy because I thought, oh, you know, he's going to give me a sense of safety. You know, he was a little mm. older than me and 
he he had all these business tendencies and stuff. Yeah. So he exuded this sense of safety and uh, security, etc. And uh, but what it actually led me into was a really narcissistic, altruistic relationship. You know, it's one of those mm. codependent things mm-hmm. where I did lose all sense of who I was. I became I became that subservient. Uh, partner that uh, gave up the majority of who I was like it got to the point that I was I had I was putting the dinner on the table at 6 p.m and I was even Mm. putting his socks on his feet right you wouldn't think of me now Benji doing that shit right like no no way no and um, I had this whole sense of everything I did I did for him everything Mm. I basically let myself go into becoming him but you know that was unsustainable is because I started to get the feedback of um, I was becoming resentful you know I was going into serious depression I was I was questioning everything about you know what was occurring and this whole polarized uh, behavior started to show up and and while I was in that state uh what tends to happen is you start to actually poke the bear and you start to actually test out certain things in those relationships because that's mother nature trying to get you to step up into your power. And, but if you're not aware of it, you actually poke the bear in the wrong direction. So it comes back and this is where we actually start to see aggression showing up in relationships. And what I experienced was you could say the label of a battered wife syndrome is that it became very violent in the relationship that when I started to question or let's just say be the insubordinate to that, I, I would cop a flogging for it, right? I would, um, you know, get punched in the face or slapped around the head or hit over the head with something. And, you know, there's, there's a multitude of different experiences that happen and, and but what kept coming in for me at that time was uh, what kept showing up is what I would love to be, who I was. And if I really truly look back now, it was there, it was actually driving in the back end. It was driving. My attachment to the to who I was was I really wanted to become a um, animal behaviorist, a horse person, a horse trainer, a horsemanship clinician everything that I was doing was, was leading towards that. It was still there in some form, but I was suppressing it because, you know, I had this belief, this whole limiting belief that if I became that, I would actually lose a certain things, right? But that was unsustainable to be that. And there was a, there's a, there's a breaking component that had to happen. It had to happen. It had to go all the way, all the way to schizophrenic bipolarity in, in the polarity of narcissistic, altruistic, for me to actually wake up and to come into self-preservation, to the, to the essence of self-preservation where I actually stood up to say, fuck you, I'm not taking this anymore, right? And I had to get to that point of that what I did was I actually walked out of that relationship. It took me four years to actually do it. Four years of 
building the essence of my self-confidence, well, it was actually false confidence. It actually tipped to the other side that it shifted from me being the underdog to being the overdog and saying, fuck you, I'm out. So it was still unbalanced in the way that I left, but it had to happen that way for it to happen, for me to leave in a place of, of in my perception, safety. So I walked out mm-hmm. and I left that. I still remember the day that I left that relationship that I walked out with because he locked me out of the house that I wasn't to come back in. So I just took the clothes off the, the washing mm-hmm. line in a washing mm-hmm. basket, put them in my car and I left. And I drove to a girlfriend's place completely mm. shitting my pants that I was mm. going to get, you know, chased down and, and killed in some form. Mm. That, um, But it got me to that point of confidence to actually break that cycle, to break that pattern. Mm. But it, it, again, it's like what you've just mentioned, which the part of that story or a lot of that story I didn't actually know, is that you can either have the conscious or the awareness to ask yourself a question to change your trajectory or like through experience like I had with my marriage or Kelly just had explained hers or you can let life happen and in, in Kelly's form what just happened was like being sick and tired of sick and tired that thing snapped and a conscious decision was made right however the wisdom would say that if Kelly knew what she knew now, knew now back then she would have made the conscious decision or questions to lead her on her path to maybe leave it earlier or maybe or what it would change the direction. Right. So it's like for anyone that's listening to this. If, if looking back now on that experience is that I was unaware of um, my axiology, but my axiology was trying to be revealed to me in that time. And I can see it now looking back. And so if I was aware and conscious of my axiology and being congruent to who I was and living in that laneway on purpose to that, that's where confidence and certainty lies. Then that relationship wouldn't have occurred that way. I know that was certainty now. But seeing that I was unaware of who I was in my axiology, so I was searching for somebody outside of me to actually give me purpose in, in an unconscious way. Does that make sense, Ben? Mm-hmm. In an unconscious way, because I was not certain in who I was. So universe provided me was, okay, well, this person, he knows how to direct people in an outer direction. So in the blessing is in that was, is that, you know, the bully actually teaches you to stand up for yourself eventually. Right. So that's, that's the beauty that I actually do see in that. And we can also go back and look at, you know, all the parts that actually did serve you in that relationship. And it taught me a shit ton about behavior. It taught me a shit ton about emotion. It taught me so, so much, you know, so I can see the blessing in that because it took me right back to that, what I just said, I did not know who I was. I did not actually have certainty in my purpose and my axiology. Mm. Yeah, bang on, bang mm. on. I mean, and, and kind of for those that are, as we kind of wrap up, you know, there'll be two types of people listening to this. You're either single and working on yourself, but maybe you're seeking an empowering relationship, like, like you know, an empowering 
uh, partner where they are also coming into it having worked on themselves or you're in a relationship or a marriage that you want to you know maybe upgrade or or head towards more being unconditional let's but just say let's just say integrate not upgrade but integrate that relationship integrate, right yeah. which of course doesn't start with your partner it starts with self yeah because it doesn't matter what you, you well one there's nothing you can do to your partner for them to change but it's if you're reacting to everything that they do right so again anyone that's listening to this shoot me or kelly like jump over to facebook mind the venturing grove kelly's obviously kelly stewart shoot us a dm shoot us a message and uh you know we'll jump on a call to see where you're at see what your outcomes you're trying to achieve and then see if you're a fit for our inception program as well yeah 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 that'd be fantastic if um if you do have any questions or you're sitting in the paradox of um a relationship at the moment and you you find yourself in one of those situations then um potentially you know we can be of assistance to actually moving you forward in your life and the inception masterclass may be for you but we do have a waiting list for that too ben so if it if if that is something that you feel drawn to then just shoot us a message perfect Awesome. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of the Human Source Codex. And we'll see you next time on the channel. Bye, guys. Bye. Cool.